Alright, welcome back to the Survival and Basic Badass Podcast, Kevin and Chuck. Today, we're going to talk about when the shit hits the fan. Um, Basically, like, kind of what to expect, what's going to play out. You know, I set a timeline of uh, the first two months, you know, but, you know, basically see how things start to deteriorate. And I feel like that's when you're going to have your most dramatic change because I think you've kind of hit rock bottom, you know, by two months. Uh, probably really the first month, things pretty much getting bad. But let's uh, let's take a look. So one of the first things, like, you're going to notice, first you're going to, you know, now I guess – it obviously depends what event triggers this, right? So, you know, right. we, we we talked about, you know, maybe uh, like nuclear winter or, you know, uh, I don't know. There, there's so many things. EMP, uh, I, I learned a new, uh, a new thing, uh, something, a black sky event. You, have you heard this that? one? I've never heard of that. A black no. sky event. I read somebody uh, talking about it and I'm like, what the hell is a black sky event? Apparently that's when all the lights go out and I was like, Oh, okay. Well, that just sounds like an EMP or, or, you know, anything. Um, I'm reading an audio book now that covers uh, like viruses, computer viruses. Um, Same thing with, you know, pandemics and things like that. And, you know, there's all these different, you know, things that'll, you know, cause something to go, to start to fall apart and society to break down. But uh, there, there are certain similarities to a lot of these events, um, things that are going to, you know, be common from one crisis to the next. However, we are saying shit hits the fan and by shit hits the fan. Usually it's at least a national event and usually a global event. So we're mm-hmm. kind of, you know, basing it on that. We're not talking about necessarily in your community, you know, with a community shutdown where you have FEMA and everybody else coming in to, you know, still able to function and, and bring bring civilization back to uh to full uh full performance. Right. Well, a lot of those yeah. A lot of those those big events like uh Hurricane Katrina and uh some of the larger earthquakes in California, um you know, there have been some major uh, tornado disasters in the Midwest of the United States. Um, More severe Puerto Rico. Yeah, yeah, there's that big tsunami in, uh, uh, was it 2003? Um, you know, a lot of those events are, are you know, caused like huge losses of life, destruction of property, uh, grocery stores are destroyed. But there's usually people, you know, coming to help. Whether it's, uh, you know, Hurricane Katrina, I know Walmart had... Uh, hundreds and hundreds of tractor trailers waiting outside the city full of bottled water just to pull it in, right. you know? And there's, you know, there's people that are out to help for these major events. But some of the disasters that we're, we're look, looking at are things that, you know, there might not be anybody coming to help out. There might not be any, uh, any cavalry riding in with uh, food and water. And that's the kind of event we're talking about today. All right. So let's kind of get into it. So one of the first things, like, you know, if it's, it it could even be like economic collapse, that kind of thing, where you start to see gold and silver skyrocket in value. Um, You start to see the run on the stores. But 
but let's kind of so the first thing like atms that kind of stuff they're going to go dry um whether it's you know a financial crisis or not people when they panic they run to the atm and they're like oh i should get right. some cash. cash you know that that's why we we talk about you know having a reasonable amount of cash on hand um i know none of our listeners are going to have a problem with that because they've all taken our advice and and stacked a little bit of cash aside so that you know it's not not too terrible in the first i mean time. i do feel like you're probably better off having supplies as opposed to cash. Cause how much cooler is it if you just don't even have to go to the store at the last minute, but right. if you go to the last store and you know, for whatever reason, the power's out or the internet isn't working or whatever, you know, stores might not be able to take credit cards. And that's one of the things that, you know, people panic about and, you know, as a, as a possibility. Um, and just imagine the prices of ammo because, uh, look at it now. Now imagine, uh, Imagine um, you're you're trying to get the last box of of twenty twos at the at the gun shop, and it now costs a hundred dollars. You know, right? Now here's the next thing: cash is going to be good for only one or two days anyway, because as soon right. as people realize, now we're talking about shit hits the fan. So you know what is it? The end of the world as we know it. That's um, right. When that happens. You also have, as soon as people start to realize, hey, I'd rather have stuff than money because stuff is going to be worth more after two or three days. But it's got to be when people realize it's not coming back. And as long as you have people who think, oh, don't worry, the government's going to take care of it, then cash is still going to keep going. Right. All that. But as soon as people reconcile with it's never coming back, you know, or, or it's going to be years then your money's going to be worthless and you wish you got rid of that. So you are going to want to, at that point, you know, people are desperate to get cash, but then you also want to get rid of your cash. Right. You want to um, be able to use, it. you want to turn it into supplies and valuable goods. All right. So that, that's your first thing. Um, next thing, like you're going to have uh, maybe the first two days, you might get a day reprieve. I, I think it's going to be around day two, depending on the event, but you're going to get rioting and then looting. So maybe this event's already occurred because this crap keeps happening all around the country. Who knows, you know, but um, rioting and looting, and then it's going to get to more severe where just, you know, violent, it's going to start to organize around day three, I think, where- right. You know, you're going to have people really trying to seize power and kind of control little areas and realize that they're getting desperate and they need to, you know, um, now the supply chain to the, you know, the grocery stores, you guys have heard us talk about, they have, you know, on demand uh, groceries there. And and you're going to talk about two to three days of supplies on the shelves. So if you go into the store you're not really buying, you know, what tons of stuff, it's going to disappear quickly. And you need to realize, you know, the sooner you can recognize things are going on, but also how much better if you realize that you don't have to put yourself into a dangerous position going to the store and fighting with an angry mob. Right, right. Now, I know a lot of you guys remember uh, right at the beginning of the pandemic, 
there were a lot of shortages of different things, paper towels. And I know at my grocery store, you couldn't find any canned food. All the canned uh, soup was gone. All the canned mm-hmm. vegetables were gone. Everything was, you know, panic buying for at right. least a week. And people knew that more food was coming. Right. You know, but you talk about that three days, people, uh, you know, trying to seize power and control certain areas. You know, how many of those trucks are going to leave warehouses to go to the grocery store to resupply that aren't going to make it? You know, those trucks might not be showing up and, and going to the person who paid for it. Those trucks might be sidelined on, you know, any street in any place in between, you know, the warehouses and the uh, the stores. And time and time again, we keep hearing truckers say, look, if people are rioting and out of control, I'm just not delivering to that town. You yeah, know, why would, why would you Cause they're like, I'm not going to risk your... my life for, mm-hmm. for that. So more right. and more, we keep seeing that. So realize that's a possibility. Um, that's why over and over again, the whole survival community just keeps talking about, you know, you need as much long-term food storage as you can get. Um, mm-hmm. You need to build up a stockpile and a supply and you need to also have a way, you know, to get things going, you know, at least at a minimum, you need to be able to survive through a winter right? with your supplies. Um, and that's a serious, that's a serious task. Uh, you know, depending on where you live, we've got a lot of listeners in, in Canada and the Northern United States and winter can be real hard to get through with that electricity. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, we say the minimum of two weeks, well, that gets your, you know, that's your natural disaster where FEMA is coming to help you is two weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, but if FEMA's not coming, you know, if there's a national event, then things could get ugly and a lot, you know, worse. So next thing that you're going to see, especially this is the guys in the cities. Um, obviously the stores around day three, maybe even day two are going to pretty much be closed. Um, you know, where they're just looted and robbed or whatever, and there's nothing left. Um, next thing you got to think about water and sewer might shut down any kind of remnants of a power grid could possibly, you know, start to head down and, you know, it's going to go away. Your, your, all your, you know, supplies, your natural gas, all these things can start to go away. Now they might hang in a little bit longer than the regular electricity, but it's going to eventually shut down. Yeah. Now water, most water supplies, if you're on municipal water, um, most water supplies have a, have a three day backup generator. Okay. So it's going to be about day three when you're going to, you're going to keep getting water probably, but it's going to, the quality might not be the safest to drink after three or four days. And especially if you're in a city, if you're on upper floors, that water pressure is going to start dropping fast. And, uh, you know, people on the lower floors are going to have water pressure for, for maybe six or 12 hours longer than you. But as the, as the water drains from the pipes in the building and there's no pressure to resupply it, it's, it's going to, you know, it's going to start going downhill real fast in major cities. Right. Um, day two or three, you're going to stop seeing the police and the firefighters responding um, you know, your basic infrastructure is going to start to deteriorate. Now, obviously, these are, you know, estimates because it's going to vary on your town and your community and the kind of leadership you have to hold it together. 
Um, you know, cell phones gone, post office gone. You know, uh, by a week, money is not going to have any value because people don't see any reason for it. You know, if they don't believe that society's coming back. Um, now, one thing you just mentioned uh, there was cell phones. Yes, I think that's an important thing to touch on because we get so used to uh, having the internet at our fingertips and ha- being able to contact and text message anybody we care about. But I remember after September 11th, I was stationed in uh, Virginia. Uh, my family was in upstate New York. And uh, after September 11th, cell phones were useless for, for a good two weeks. All the lines were busy. Yeah. And that you had cell phone service. You just couldn't get a hold of anybody. Um, yeah. But, you know, you need to think about that when it comes to your family and your friends, people you, you know, you plan with or train with or uh, people that you coordinate with. Um, you know, if your kid's away at college two hours away, you know, these are things you need to have alternate sources of communication. Uh, you need to think about uh, setting up plans ahead of time. You know, if if something goes wrong, we're all going to be here or, you know, such and such, something something along those lines. Um, you want to be conscientious that you might not be able to contact somebody if they're not right there on your street next door. You There's know? nothing more frustrating than not being able to get a hold of a loved one or something like that. And, you know, if you plan ahead... You guys can, you know, at least cover some options. You know, hey, this is what we'll do. This is where I want you to be. This is where I want you to try and go. I want you to stay put. I don't want you to stay put. I want you to, you know, get out of the congestion part and meet me at this park or whatever. You know, have a plan. Um, You know, the government talks about these things in their emergency preparedness. We're just taking it to the next level. You know, we're... Take it a little further. It might not be a one-hour event. You know, that's what I always wonder. The government runs these commercials every now and again. They get on a kick where it's like, oh, have a plan. Be ready. You know, what will you do? Remember, we used to see those commercials all the time. What would you do if everything stopped working? And, you know, the government would say that. And they would talk Mm -hmm. about having a plan. And we dismiss it. But if – and then it's funny because – then if you're like a crazy prepper and you try and have a plan and even meet the guidelines that they're talking about, it's like, oh, put that guy on a list. He's a crazy. He actually yeah, listened to us. You know he's bad. Mm-hmm. Um, then, you know, so then refined gas, the refineries mm-hmm. are going to shut down. So the next thing you're going to see is, you know, obviously we're going to see the lines at the gas stations right away. Mm-hmm. They're going to run out and they're not going to get resupplied. Um, That's going to be an issue. Um, I don't know where people have to go so bad in a crisis. Um, If there's no stores and everything, I I don't even know what what the urgency is there. Um, Everyone's always trying to get somewhere, man. I I feel like, like I use my tractor a lot and I feel like 40 gallons in my tractor would last me like damn near a year, you know, of all my tractor. Uh, it just, I don't use that much. And I, I do, I keep, you know, quite a few gallons just in case. Um, Cause one diesel stores very well. So that's nice. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, you guys may want to look into stable, but to be honest, if you're going through your rotation of like stored fuel, you're going to find that, you know, it'll, it'll keep as long as you're going to, you know, need it. Uh, and the reason I say that is no, it's not going to keep over a year, 
But if you're going through your rotation, you can't tell me you don't use that extra 20 gallons in a year. You know, you can't work that through every six months in your, you know, vehicle or whatever. Um, but anyway, something to think about. But it's funny because people always get desperate and like, it's like, well, I could have a little more, you know? So say you have 20 gallons set aside of gas and you're the prepared guy and you had just filled it up. And, you know, if I had like 20 gallons of diesel, I feel like I would still run out and try and fill all my vehicles. You know what I'm saying? Like it's never quite enough. Or if you have a hundred gallons. Yeah. But if my tank was full, then I'd have a hundred gallons and a full tank. Um, Right. I have a year's worth of food storage for my family and I just need to go to the store. Cause if I can get the next month where I don't have to touch my year of food storage, how much better off we'd be, you know, or I could maintain some normalcy. Um, that's all good, but try you know, not to get shot going to the grocery store, you know, and it, it kind of all falls apart when. Right. When you got to have a fist fight with three guys over the last can of creamed corn. Right. And I feel like it always plays that way. You're like, well, the, and there always is one more thing, you know, you need, mm-hmm. you know, how often when the power goes out or we even, you know, as preppers and stuff, are you like, well, you know, I, I should have had this, you know, I, I've given the example before, like I didn't have a coffee grinder, you know, I had beans, but I didn't have a way to, you know, an electric grinder. coffee grinder. You know, but I didn't have a way to do it. And just like little things like that, or, you know, having a percolator to make your coffee. I mean, because obviously we have pots and pans. Obviously we can cook over fire. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, there's things we you think about and you're prepared for. Yeah, a quick cup of coffee in the morning goes a long way, you know? Right. Um, All right. So uh, then all of a sudden, now think about the roads are eventually, you know, I'd say within a week, you're going to have roads being clogged with dead vehicles. Uh, The reason I say this one, you're going to have people kind of setting up roadblocks, kind of setting up a little, you know, make it toll roads, getting desperate, looking for supplies. You also have people running out of gas. Um, Right. And uh, it's fine one or two on the side of the road. You know, you pull off to the side of the road and now you're walking, but, um, you know, 10% of the cars, 20% of the cars running out of fuel. That's, that's it, man. There's if you're no trying to, yeah, if you're trying to make it to Chuck's house and you're like, well, it's only five more miles. I'm just going to drive as far as my car can go. And right. your car dies when your car dies, you know, people do what mm-hmm. they got to do when they're desperate. And I understand it, but it's something you got to kind of prepare for because clogged roads are going to make travel difficult. Um, after about a week, most people, most of these store, uh, generators are going to be gone, you know, at your hospitals and stores. Um, nobody's gonna, you know, they're not going to be able to pump gas, things like that. That's all gone. Uh, by two weeks, all the medical supplies are going to be exhausted. Uh, those are yeah, go ahead. That's an important thing to bring up because, uh, you know, going back to, to, um, one week in, you're you're starting to look at uh, in major cities some serious uh, health issues just yes. because uh, sewage sewage is just going to be backing up into the streets and, and anybody into that's your sick, clean water supply 
Right. Into your and into and all the streams, the rivers around you. You know, think about the uh, stream near you. I have a beautiful uh, creek up, you know, just up down the road from my house. And uh, there's about five, um, five sewer plants that discharge clean, you know, cleaned sewage into that into that river. That's not going to be clean sewage after a weekend. That's going to be raw sewage running into those streams. That's going to be raw sewage. You know, if you can't flush your toilet, how many? Oh, Jesus. This just brought some traumatic memories back. I went to do some work in a guy's house. All right. uh, He was a real, like, you know, real shitbag, and the uh, toilet stopped flushing. Yeah. Instead of fixing it, he just kept shitting in it. And there was, like, a fucking nasty pile of shit just doming up out of the top of that toilet. Like, he clearly was hovering over the top of it to pop poop on the pile on top after a certain point. But I mean, that's going to be a serious issue. Your toilet isn't going to flush. Oh. If you don't have water to pour in the back of your toilet, that's it, man. It's not going anywhere. And people are going to be shitting on the street, pissing on oh. the street, pissing and shitting in buckets and throwing it out the window. And any yeah. of those people that are sick, it's going to contaminate everything you touch and everything you eat and everything you drink. Yes. And everyone's going to get dysentery and the diarrhea from that is just going to make things spread a lot faster. So when you talk about running out of medical supplies, uh, basic antibiotics uh, and things like that two weeks in, yes. you're going to have some serious health issues. Um, I mean, we haven't done a medical show in a long time now, but definitely like, you know that you guys, if you do a little research that you can buy uh, the fish antibiotics that end up being the exact same uh uh, portions and and things as as human antibiotics they come out of the same labs they'll all say like thomas labs on them um mm-hmm. you guys can message us at prepping badass at gmail.com if you need more information on that i'd be happy to share it with you there's a bunch of books out there that are really great um if you go back to our our episode on you know medical stuff you would cover a lot of that. But anyway, if you have questions, you can email me. That's another topic for another day. And I'm sure if you search, you know, prepper antibiotics and fish antibiotics, you can, you know, kind of get in there. But that's huge. Those hard pills last a long time. And antibiotics are life and death for society. People don't realize how often it's a big thing. And you got to remember, it all changes when we don't have cleanliness. You know, you're like, well, I haven't had antibiotics in five years. Why is that a big urgent thing? I don't use it all the time now. Well, what if you get cut? What if you're out using knives and sticks and cutting wood and, you know, swinging the axe and people are shooting at you? Is there a chance you're going to get a cut that maybe you're not really exposed to in your day to day, you know, now? Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, maybe you're going to eat something that, that you had stored maybe improperly and didn't realize and you get sick from eating some bad food. You know, there's a lot of things. When I know a lot of guys, uh, you know, stock up their shelves and then don't look at their stuff again. Yes. You know? Dirty water, and, you know, any right. of these things can, you know, expose you to sickness that, you know, it's something you need to plan for. But the other thing is people's insulin starts to go bad. Now, insulin needs to be kept refrigerated. Um when it's not refrigerated, it basically degrades quicker. Um, and, and it just basically has a shorter shelf life. So that's the, right. the big thing. Um, so, 
But the thing is, you're not going to be able to go to the pharmacy or the hospital and get some more. Um, well, if you're dependent on insulin, you're kind of stuck and you're going to die. I, you know, I've really Kevin, I, I, know. I had some friends that are diabetic and I really have been trying to figure out some sort of a long-term solution for that. And they and said and make so a far, pig farm and they said yeah, something yeah. with pig pancreas. I mean, yeah. Yeah. It's really so complicated to do on yeah, your own that it's not, yeah. almost not possible. It, it's not possible. Um, I mean, it is, but in the world that, you know, we're going to have and without being a scientist, it's going to be ugly. Um, uh, so, yeah. And like I said, there's a, and there's a lot of other st- medications people are on blood thinners and, and, you know, yeah. things that are preventing heart attacks and strokes. There's a lot of medication that people have to take regularly that right. are not going to have access to that, you know? So it's really important, uh, that, that all you guys that are on medication stay as ahead of things as you possibly can. You know, all of them have different expiration dates. Um, all of them have a certain amount of time they can not be refrigerated. Right. Not be refrigerated. Now, but hard pills are good, mm-hmm. but, uh, you know, will last longer than anything else. But, uh, you know, and honestly, with insulin, there are a lot of new things happening. Um, you need to talk to people, you know, if any of you guys know anything. Um, I have seen they do have stuff that doesn't need to be refrigerated, but I assume it has a shorter shelf life. Um that they're offering for diabetics. So there is stuff out there. Changes are happening and, and hopefully, you know, the future brings good things here and, you know, hopefully we cure things that we don't even need it. That would be even better. Right. Um, Mm -hmm. But that's, you know, that's something to be aware of is, is all I would say with that. The next thing. So by two weeks, even normal, nice, friendly people, would maybe be willing to kill for supplies two weeks. People are running out of food. Um, now let's, let's talk about this for a second. Now, two weeks, people are starting to see, uh, you know, people that aren't prepared are starting to see their kids, you know, not being able to get full meals, you know, and starvation doesn't, you know, we always have this idea of, of starvation, 30 days without food, 30 days, you can go without food, but you know, starvation doesn't never really happens like that. No. Because you don't you don't just ha- have a regular diet and then one day you stop eating because you can't get food. Everyone's got a little bit of something, and they try and make it stretch. People don't die generally right. of starvation; they die from getting sick because they don't have the calories to fight off basic. You know, even a common cold can kill you when you haven't had food for, uh, you know, haven't had a, a good supply of food for a long right. time. Nutrition. Um, you know, your your mom saying right. eating your carrots. Right. 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 And you're going to start having some serious health issues that are related to shortages of food. Now, in, in there, I, I was reading a story uh, not too long ago, and it was about Russia. Uh, it was about a famine that was in Russia, and it was specifically uh, about a pogrom that took place. A pogrom is a uh, um, government-sanctioned... Uh, um, uh, government sanctioned killing of of Jews. Basically, it's you know it's anti Jew shit, Jew shit, anti Semitic shit. Yeah. And uh, what the what they're talking about in the story is is when people start to starve, um, the the first people that die are the good people, people that share their food, people that aren't willing to steal, 
those are the first people that die. That don't so turn people then, away who are like, can I just have some water? And you're like, well, I have right. a well or a filter and yeah. I can make clean Come water. Come on into my house. I'll get you a, get you a glass. Bring your drug on it. doesn't cost me anything to give you a glass right. of water. Yeah. And it's stuff like that that really, um, you know, that really puts you in a bad situation around week two. Because yeah. around week three, there aren't good people left. Right. They're not, and they they're remember, not people remember, oh, you know what? That guy had water to give away. Mm-hmm. Yep. And when you have that constant headache because you're dehydrated, it's hard to see anything else, you know? Right. Mm-hmm. People get when angry you're, when you're, and desperate. When you're thirsty, all you can think about is that. When you're hungry, all you can think about is food. You know, you get it, get these one-track minds and uh you know things get really dangerous when people start seeing their kids being hungry when they start seeing their kids being sick and they have no way to to help them out when now, you know when your wife collapses cuz she hasn't had enough to eat things get real slippery and and the friendly neighbor that you had last week might not be the same guy this week right um the, i do have good news um the politicians will be okay all right. Well, I was worried about that. They all have somewhere to go and they're going to, you know, they're going to be safe. The government, right. your tax dollars have paid for enough food storage for all of them that they don't even have to worry. They can just go hang out in their little, you know, club and whatever. Uh-huh. Club Mount Weather or, you know, Cheyenne Mountain. They're going to go to these places. They're going to have years of backup energy because don't worry, even the government that says you don't need these things. They took care of it for themselves on your dime. Yeah. Cause well, you know, where would we be if we didn't have a Congress that was still, you know, hanging in there? I know. I know. Who would pass we the need laws, baby, uh, mind to help rebuild. Right. 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 Um, Thank God. Thank God. Now after about, I mean, Ooh, the cities are going to be worse pretty much. Everything we're discussing, the cities are going to be worse, all right? Everything's going to come faster and disappear quicker in the cities. Um, Mm -hmm. The violence is going to ratchet up faster. The waste and sewage is going to ratchet up faster. The dead bodies in the street. Um, Bodies are going to start to be a problem by a month. Um, And in Mm -hmm. the cities in a week, bodies are going to be a problem. You don't know the smell and the bad things that come there. And the diseases Kevin had already talked about, these things, it's going to get bad. Uh, Now, think about mutual assistance. Uh, Think about um, long-term food storage. Think about, you know, gardens and seeds and water supplies and, you know, water filtration. Um, think about security, guns, self-defense. Um, these are the things that you're going to keep this ugly world from coming into your world, right? Right. That's why we prepare. That's why, you know, we do all these things because, you know, you need to have a way to, you know, um, to stand against these things. You know, it gets worse. Starvation, everything. Um, one month by two months, you know, nobody has anything. As Kevin had said, there's only criminals left. And and by criminals, it's what he said. It's, it's people who are willing to do anything to protect their family. 
are, are going to be the ones who survive. Um, and kindness and sharing. Now, if you can orchestrate some kind of mutual assistance, um, that's going to be great. But make sure it's mutual. And that's going to be the thing is it's got to be people helping each other. Everybody's going to have to pitch in to, you know, make these things work and, you know, kind of go together and, and get along. Now, you were talking about, I mean, there's some other concerns. Like, it's not just the basic events. There's even more, you know, severe things. You add, like, nuclear winter into the equation. Now, I was looking at uh, some of these some of these different things here. Uh, there's there's nine major nuclear powers. Okay. So there's there's NATO. That's the U.S., France, and the U.K. Um, then there's Russia, China, North Korea, Israel, Pakistan, and India. Now, uh, the NATO powers, U.S., France, and U.K. have thermonuclear weapons. Those are you know exponentially bigger than the bombs dropped in Hiroshima and Nagasaki. There's also, uh, you know, Russia and China have thermonuclear weapons. Um, but even if you took the smallest weapon that the U.S. has uh, and set it off, say, in, in Pakistan, um, Pakistan and India have been going to war over and over again repeatedly over uh, ca- the Kashmir area. Um, and they each have approximately hundred nuclear weapons. And now if they, if they really got into it, you had gotten an extremist leader someplace or, uh, an extremist, uh, uh, group takes over the government and those bombs get set off. That's, that's it for India and Pakistan. They're wiped out, but that's also it for the rest of the world. It's going to take about. Uh, seven to ten days before the dust and the fallout covers the entire planet. And it's going to, you know, it's approximately, let's see, they estimated it's five million tons of smoke. Now that smoke goes above the rain clouds. So when it rains, it's not going to disperse. It's just going to stay up there. And it's going to damage the ozone layer. And it's going to darken the sun. And they estimate that food production worldwide will reduce by 25%. So that means that, you know, places that are already short on food, that's just mass starvation immediately. You know, two weeks in, people are already can't get food any place. They can't get rice. They can't get beans. Places in China immediately, people are going to be starving to death. Uh, places in the Middle East, starvation is immediately going to set in. Um, and then the United States. You know, 25% reduction in, in food is going to be a big blow, you know. And if you don't have food already stored up, yeah. you're going to start seeing major shortages. And uh, <clears throat> let's see. Uh, so the food supply right now in the United States is approximately two months. Okay. That means if production stops, two months in, there's no more production. There's no more food on the shelf. There's and that's no assuming the government can distribute it and is organized right. and everybody's willing to be patient and get in line mm-hmm. and, you know, that kind of thing. Right. And that's, you know, that's that's not how Americans like to function. I mean, there's, no. 
there's not a time that I can remember when there is a shortage on fuel, even temporarily, where you didn't <laughs> see fist fights at gas stations. Right. No, we, we roll pretty because you got to get mine, you know? Mm -hmm. That's right. That's right. We have a very selfish attitude in the United States and it served us well, but it's not going to serve you or your neighbor well when shit goes down. No. And counting on the government, you know, is not going to be the solution. Um, so you just have to really think about how you can prepare and take care of your family and, you know, supplies for your own, you know? I mean, that's the whole thing. That's what it comes down to. Mm -hmm. Now, we're at two weeks. Now, let's uh, let's bump up uh, to, to three weeks. How are we doing right. three weeks? Three weeks are, are bad, all right? So you do have, at this point, we have the bodies starting to decompose around because people aren't burying everybody that, you know, is getting sick and died. People are completely desperate where they are willing to do anything to take from you. Um, things really, it's only the people who are cutthroat and willing to take supplies or the people who really have the long-term, you know, survival and a means of security in order to defend it. And you're also getting angry, desperate mobs that are, end up being like locusts. Um, mm -hmm where, you know, they're just kind of roving up and down the highway and starting to infiltrate into the city, into the towns and the little roads. Mm -hmm. They're heading to the country. Right. And they're just rolling through as the angry mob. And, you know, it doesn't, it's tough how prepared you are, where if 50 people in a big herd come rolling up, you know, to hold them off when they're angry and yelling and entitled mm -hmm. and they're hungry babies. And your wife's like, can't we just give them water to, you know, get them going? Water doesn't cost right. us anything. And that's that's really where you're at at that point where things right. really fall apart. Um, it's like giving a homeless guy a dollar. He's yeah. not going to leave you alone next time. Next time he sees you walking down the street, he's going to remember. Every time. Hey, hey, remember, buddy? Remember me? Yeah, you know that's happened to you. Don't even try. Yeah. Um, no, so that's it. And then it, it starts to fall apart. After that, you know, as you get into the two months, it's the people that are organized. It's the people that are starting to establish, you know, communities and, and you know, mutual defense that are going to be the people who are going to thrive unless you're, you know, really isolated. I mean, if you have a road going to your place, you're probably not isolated enough if that's your only plan. Yeah. I mean, if you um, live in the back country in Montana, you're a lot better off if you're rather than being the first house off the first right. exit of the highway, leaving the city. Close right. To if it's you. 10 miles to the next house, they might not make 10 miles just to get to you, mm -hmm. but they might, you know, mm -hmm. but, uh, three weeks, four weeks, that's right around the time that, that there's going to, be a real shortage people are really going to be running out of fuel yeah uh, people that that hopped in their cars to try and get over to uh you know uh, over you know three counties to their bug out location they're going to be there yeah um, but the places that are you know the the people that haven't been planning or storing up things their tank of gas is going to be on e you know after the first two weeks and they're going to really be only going out when necessary yeah, um, they're going to be riding bikes. They're going to be walking, but cars are going to stop being a, 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 a thing all together. Yeah, by two weeks. 
you know, your little roving gang of thieves that are driving around in the pickup taking pot shots at people. Yeah, they're stealing gas out of people's garages and stuff for that first week or two. And, mm-hmm. you know, robbing whatever's left. But after that, about two weeks, it's rare that you have somebody, you know, still supplied. Yeah, and can I uh, give everybody a uh, just a tip? Um, you can go online right now and order a, a gas siphoner, uh, you know, to siphon gas out of tanks. It's only about 10 bucks, and you can just stick it in your Harbor closet. Freight yeah. has it. I, I, I have oh, one yeah. in my pickup. I've used it 100 times or... Uh-huh. Other little repairs, like I'll empty a tank to clean things out or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, it, dude, I've never, I've that. never used mine, but I do keep it in my car. Um, also, it wouldn't hurt you to go online and use some of that free time you have, and uh, you know, check out YouTube has ways to siphon gas um, mm-hmm. with like a garden hose. Uh, there are ways to do it, but little planning ahead and $10. That's good yeah. too, but you never know when you're not going to have that in your car. But yeah, I'm telling hand, you... A hand pump is a lot better than a mouthful of gas. A hand pump is better than a mouthful of gas. But there is a way with a garden hose. If you cut it, do things the right way that you can get it without um, you know, sucking it in with your mouth. So there are ways to do it. I'm just saying the internet's your friend. But guess what? The internet works now. It doesn't work when you're stuck and there's no power and everything's shutting down. So you need to think about that. Um, That's definitely a real thing. Uh, Getting stuff out of, you know, gas out of vehicles that are abandoned, especially like an EMP and stuff. You know, you might be able to salvage a lot of gas on the highways and that kind of thing. Um, you know, if vehicles stopped, I know a lot of people talk about with an EMP, most vehicles, it's not really a problem. Um, more and more, you know, things keep changing. Another thing, like an audio book that I'm listening to now, I think it's called the surviving the fall or the fall, or I don't even know. I'm going to pull it up here. See if I can grab it for you. Um, of course my is slow. I always hate when I have to bring things up because it always takes like an hour. You know, that's always the downfall. Surviving the fall box set is what I got. And uh, Uh they talk about a a virus that basically, you know how we have uh, the internet of things, right? So you know how like you can set your thermostat with your phone, right? That's the internet of things. Uh, Some people could, you can control things on your TV. Maybe it's just like a Roku box or something, but you can do it with your phone right? Uh, Or you know how you put your YouTube shows up on your smart TV, right? From your cell phone. Uh, You can do things like that. That, That's basically the internet of things. I mean, I know you're like, oh, Bluetooth or different things, whatever. Um, The more things are interconnected, the more exposed we all are. And they basically talk about, you know, as cars and and things are, are definitely diagnosed, I know I uh, when I used to do appliance repair, I'd, I'd talk to the GE guys and they would have the communication stuff set up in the uh, washers and dryers and things like that. They could actually sit in your driveway and look on their computer and see how your refrigerator's been running, tell how long it's, you know, the compressor stays on and things like that. Same thing, washer, dryer, they can see any faults or errors before they even go into your house. They don't need to plug a cable into it. They don't need to do anything. 
It's just connected. Well, think of how exposed we are to computer viruses um, with things like that. You know, we see how in depth the government, and it's funny, again, using our tax dollars to create things. You know, you guys remember back when we did that episode on Vault 7 and mm-hmm. all the things that the government, how, you know, intrusive they get. I don't know if you guys remember, but remember they were suggesting that we ended up uh, shutting down and, and destroying the uh, the nuclear stuff in Iran. Mm-hmm. And we caused those viruses and, and had problems is what people were saying. Allegedly. And allegedly. And if that's the case, I mean, if those things are possible, think on a, a bigger level. If you put a virus that destroyed things, I mean, that that's basically what that audio book was, was talking about, was basically they were shutting down cars and they were shutting down, you know, infrastructure. And, you know, it all falls apart really quick. And how exposed are we? You know, and these, there turns out there's people that hate America. There's people who hate the civilized way of life that think that we need to get back to the kind of stone age that they're living in. And, uh, you know, there are people that are people that are not fans of, of hot American chicks and bikinis, which I don't understand. You don't get that? No. But it's offensive to some people and some people right. are really pissed about the way we act. So there are a lot of things out there that could kind of take us down and, you know, it just doesn't cost you that much, you know, a little bit of your extra money and time, you know, you put your hobbies into certain things, um, being a little bit prepared for, you know, inevitable, uh, you know, future disaster, you know, societies fall all the time. It's happened over and over again in history. Uh, I don't know. Just remember you're exposed and, uh, it would be a little smart to be prepared. That's all I can tell you. Now yeah. I think we're we're in an age of information where you know things are very accessible to us, but the truth is once power goes out, the internet's not not going to be easy to get. You might be able to get cell phone reception and might be able to get online, but it's going to be slow. You might be able to get the radio, you know, on a on a battery powered radio that you have in your house for a couple of weeks before they you know they run out of um, run out of fuel for their generators. Yeah, but, but how many people generator- even have a radio right now? I mean, think about that. I would have to go dig one up. Seriously, I, I'm the prepared guy, and I would have to go dig it out of my out of my uh, garage someplace and put batteries right. in it. You know, so I mean, it's it's one of those things that it's uh, you know, everybody was was freaking out at the beginning of this pandemic. But imagine how much people would have freaked out if the radio wasn't wasn't on, if they couldn't turn CNN on and see what was going on. If they you wouldn't even know there was a problem if you didn't have the freaking radio. You wouldn't even know about the coronavirus. Right, right, exactly, exactly. <laughs> but I mean, when when people, you know, when people uh, don't get information and they yeah. don't know what's happening, it just create it just adds to the fear. Yeah, it adds to the panic and it adds to the recklessness of a lot of people and the desperation. Mm-hmm. You know, they. They, you know, they have to take care of mine. You know, it, it turns out that the the power pole down the road just fell over and ripped out some wires, and you're eating your neighbors. You know, so you gotta <laughs> you gotta pace yourself a little bit. You know, uh-huh. 
I already have picked out the the slowest neighbors in my neighborhood. Yeah. So if I need to run them down and and you know get a quick snack or something, you're like, you know, oh, the lights are out. Where is he? I know. I know which ones to go for first. No, it was just the bulb bird down, Kevin. It's okay. <laughs> I just wanted to see how they would taste, but you <laughs> ate three people. Well, I was hoping they would taste different. I just wanted to try the next one. Uh, that's disturbing. All right. So basically that's what we got for you today. You guys, uh, we'll talk to you guys next week. So with that, stay safe. All right. The survival and basic badass podcast is a proud member of the self-defense radio network. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.